Hello and welcome to episode 109 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore DadFF. we got a great show lined up for you tonight. You know, we like we've been doing so much in the past, we're going to talk about some Jamar Chase deals and, and how you guys can benefit off the injury right now one way or another. Uh, but before we bring into that, you know, I, I want to introduce both of the co-hosts today. Uh, we'll start with, with Mike. That's at Fantasy Nerd Boy. Welcome back to the show again. There are so many trades. I mean, we're right at that NFL trade deadline. What's the biggest one that jumped out to you? I mean, there's so many people right now. We talked about it last week, and I'm going to allude to some of these trades, but now is the time it feels like it's like where you can strike while the iron's hot, right? We get a quick trade, and all of a sudden somebody's value jumps up. Who got that value bump, and what's the most like surprising trade to you so far? Yeah, um, it's it was crazy, man. This, this is probably the wildest um, deadline that I can remember. They're really taking a book out of the NBA right now between the, the offseason – and and this this deadline right here but um ridley surprised me a lot i like i like that move for london london's gonna get a massive boost and everyone in my mind i was kind of envisioning london lining up with ridley next year and and you know what that was going to look like and already you know I, I figured they couldn't they couldn't handle um pits and london so adding ridley to that um, is actually a relief to, to kind of get him off there and, and, you know, to have that a clear path for London. Um, the Bears getting Claypool surprised me a lot too, you know, trading um, Roquan and then getting the second and then throwing that second right back. Um, I like that. Not not for this year. I think it's almost a lateral move for um, for Claypool this year, but I think moving forward to 2023, 20, um, I think they they can build on that, and I think with the the other first round pick that they have, Fields is going to get a nice boost, and, and he's going to see his value go up quite a bit. Yeah, I like that. I like that, yeah. and I, I like that Rid- what Ridley does for for Trevor Lawrence potentially long term too, as well. Sure. You know, a better wide receiver option there. Welcome back to the show, Mung. It feels like it's you know anytime I, I don't get to talk to you in a week, it feels like a long time. Welcome back, like usual. What's the biggest thing, you know, what are you working on, and what's that biggest trade that changes your rankings? I know you're always updating the rankings. What what sticks out most to you, and what have you moved around? Thanks. Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, I was a little under the weather last week, but feeling a little bit better now. Um, Well, I'm working a lot on the new Dynasty rankings based on all these trades that happened today. We are recording, you know, right after this trade deadline has occurred. Um, a lot of moves, none of them seismic, I don't think, uh, like the McCaffrey trade that happened last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that there's anything gigantic in terms of dynasty ranking shifts from any of the deals today. But just from a surprising standpoint, probably more so from the NFL than uh, for fantasy purposes, would be the in-division trade of TJ Hawkinson, right? You don't see, you don't often see a lot of trades between divisional rivals um, so Detroit sending Hawkinson over to Minnesota uh, is a little shocking to me, but it certainly makes sense for the Vikings who 
seem like they should be a playoff contender and, uh, you know, just lost Irv Smith for quite some time. Yeah, I love it. So the the biggest news, you know, after we did our podcast last week was obviously the Bengals' Jamar Chase dealing with that hip injury. Uh, Schefter reported he was at, you know, Potentially sidelined four to six weeks, makes him a prime candidate for IR. He did not go on IR. I uh, saw a hip specialist Wednesday, and it sounds like, you know, we're looking at probably another three to four weeks in that range, potentially. And, you know, Mike, and I, you and I were talking about this quite a bit. It's like this created a window to potentially buy a guy that you cannot buy. And there's mm-hmm. so much recency bias in today's Twitter sphere, in today's dynasty landscape, where people can't see that. Jamar Chase, you know, and we're going to talk about our tiers. It's Jefferson and Chase, and that is it, you know, and there is a gap in between there. And I think this is an opportunity where you can buy an absolute stud in Jamar Chase because of this recency bias, because of – this is a short window. I mean, three years ago we would have said, oh, he's out three to four weeks, maybe six weeks. So what? You know, I'm going to ride it out. I'm going to go trade a second for Tyler Boyd, and I'm going to be fine. But now people are like, well, i got to make a quick move. i got to figure this out. And – it's just created such a window. Yeah, yeah, it's been I've I've been firing away right now. I tried to use AJB's big big game, a three touchdown game to my advantage, and I offered up AJB in a second for Chase, and I can't get anything going. Um, That's perfect uh, timing. I didn't want to like yeah. Zoltan just sent me a trade, and I, I like this. Th- you could not have said it better right there. He's, he sent it in. He goes. He wants to know what you guys think of this one. It's. Side A is A.J. Brown and potentially the 103 or 104. He said it looks really early. It's going to be a three or four. I trust Zoltan. Like, he commissions all the leagues that I'm not commissioner in. He's a fantastic guy. Check out, you know, their trading table over there, him and, and Jacobian. But he says it's A.J. Brown, Trey McBride, and that 103 or 104 for Jamar Chase, J.K. Dobbins, and what looks to be somewhere between the 109 and 112. So this is kind of... Sometimes you can't just say, "Hey, I want to get AJ Brown for Chase." You got to disguise it. You got to make it look a certain way. So, tell me what you think about this one, real quick. So, again, AJ Brown, Trey McBride, and let's call it the 104 to be safe for Chase Dobbins, and we'll call it the 111 to be safe. Yeah, I like that trade. I still take the Chase side, even even with the high pick there on the AJB side. Um, you know, I just, like you said before, Chase and JJ are on that tier. And then, you know, I think AJB is the next tier at the top of that next tier. Um, but he's still not at that Chase value where I see Chase pretty much valued as three first. Um, I think AJB is two first. Um, so there's a entire first, I think, separating them. Um, and that's even with the injury and everything. So, um, I, I like the chase side, but I think that works on both ends. Yeah, it looks like one of those ones that might work for both sides. But I'm and I know Dobbins too. I don't. And, yeah, Dobbins is almost like a, a throw in in this in this particular deal. Uh, Mung, talk to me a little bit about this trade. I mean, AJ Brown has looked fantastic. He scored three touchdowns. You also have that 103, 104 side in there. We've been saying that's that area you want to be in. But having a guy like Jamar Chase is just a complete and utter difference maker as well. Yeah, I think this trade makes a lot of sense for both sides, right? Presumably one of these teams is a contender and can't afford to be without a wide receiver one for six to eight weeks, whatever it is for Chase. And then the other team saw this as an an opportunity 
to move up from Brown to Chase. And at the end of the day, I, I do think that, you know, there is going to be quite a bit of value separation between those top three or four uh, 2023 firsts versus that later eight, nine, 10 range. Um, so again, I, I think this is a, probably, I would say a rare instance where a trade is very even and very fair for both sides. Yeah. And, and this brought about, because what I was saying, and I, I talked a lot with Zoltan because, you know, we talk a lot about values and the thing that I've been trying to do is I've been trying to like, if I'm a contending team, I'm trying to give Jamar Chase and a second to get Justin Jefferson to stay in that same tier. It's just a cost to say, you know what, I'm going to have a guy who's going to play these next couple of weeks. But on the flip side, I have seen multiple trades where people have literally got Jamar Chase and a second on that same way. And I think like, if you can make a trade and stay lateral like that and stay, it works great, right? So if you're rebuilding... You want Chase because Chase is not going to be scoring. He's you know a little bit younger. He's not going to be scoring any points. It improves your one your, your shot at that 101. If you are contending, you definitely want Justin Jefferson in that particular situation. And I think you know when we we've talked about it time and time again, you're basically splitting hairs with the two of them. But I mean, Mung, this creates a window here where I think trading off of Jamar Chase is, is a difficult thing for me to do. I have multiple shares. I'm I'm holding. And all of them, but if you find yourself in that area where you're four and three or three and four, you know, if you're five and two, you're holding on to Chase, right? There is no debate. You know, you, we're just gonna we're just gonna weather the storm. And like I said, go out there and get Tyler Boyd for a second. Go out there and get Adam Thielen for a late second. You know, go out there and get Robert Woods for a third. Get just get a stopgap because I feel like Twitter and and Dynasty in general right now they they just want to make those home run trades and move that direction. So. Talk to me a little bit about like if any of the teams where you have Jamar Chase and what either of you guys are thinking about doing trying to make some of those moves because I feel like we're just jumping in and just being like, well, I had Chase, now I have to move off of him to get somebody else because I'm in this four to six week window. Well, it really depends, right? Because again, we're even though we're past halfway of the regular fantasy season, Really, we still have a long ways to go before the fantasy playoffs. And even now, if you're, you know, six and two, whatever it is, there's still a shot that you might not make the playoffs because of injuries, because of just crazy things happening. Um, you know, you should never feel too secure. So I understand that you shouldn't panic if you lost Jamar Chase. Um, but at the same time, I think there is opportunity to potentially move down from him. And one of the targets I would say for me is Jalen Waddle because. I think to many people, Waddle is still a tier uh, down from Chase, whereas currently I have Jefferson, Waddle, and Chase in that top tier of dynasty wide receivers. And if you can get anything on top of Waddle for Chase right now as a contender, um, I would view that as a big win because I think those two are fairly equal in value for me, and I think that would be uh, my prime trade target if you can make it happen. Oh, wow. I, I mean, I think right now, I think the tier below Chase and Jefferson for me is it's it's Waddle. I actually have A.J. Brown at, at three, Waddle at four, C.D. Lamb at five, T. Higgins at six, and then that's it. I have a tier there of four guys. So I feel like if you can move into that area and you can get something added on, I think you're still working in that same area. Um, and Waddle's been fantastic. I mean, like, you know, a lot of people are seeing a step down, but you're looking at 63 targets, 42 receptions, 727 yards. He has balled out. And I think you're right. I mean, you've you've been onto that since last year if you can get Waddle plus 
for Chase. I just think Chase has that name cachet and that ceiling that just you it just oozes. You know, it's uh, so phenomenal. But Waddle's been right there too. Mike, anything to add to that? No, I mean I know we're gonna get into rankings a little bit, and I agree. Waddle, I have AJB and then Waddle as well in my in my dynasty rankings. So um, going down to those guys is perfect. I have a few shares of Chase, and and I haven't hit the panic button on, on any of them, you know, I've, I've been in a pretty good spot, but um, you know, for one of the leagues, I, um, I moved. Oh, geez. What did I do? I, um, I got Boyd. I got Boyd actually before this happens um, just because I knew, you know, Higgins had been missing some time and, and I, um, you know, I fired away. I think I, I bought Boyd a little heavy. I went um, high second for Boyd, which I didn't like to do. But on the contender teams that, you know, I know that either I was going to lose Higgins or, or Chase and it was going to just be that that guy. He's a really good handcuff um, in that sense. Um, I had um, Hollywood that on a contending team, I just had to do it. I traded him for Nuke straight up. Um, I, I just threw it out there and, and it was instant accepted. And then in another team, I actually took Hollywood and I um, actually took nuke and I traded them straight up for Hollywood. So I realized that that's a good, if you want to go contending or you want to go rebuild, um, people are just taking that straight up right now. Um, I didn't, I didn't like giving away Hollywood there, but you know, it's, I'm going for it this year. So it just, it made sense for me. I like it. Some of the other trades that were sent in, and I want to I want to cover these chase deals before we really get into you know and and cover this ad nauseum before we actually move into when we're talking about our tiers here. Uh, trade sent in from Jason Hogue. That's at J Hogue's five. He said he had a bunch of injuries to his team, so he went into an instant rebuild. If you guys are going into a rebuild, check out our episode from three weeks ago, How to Rebuild. That thing is blowing up. If you guys, this is the year to do it if you can get some 23 first because people have that recency bias. People have that need to win. And in leagues I'm in with Mike, the 23 firsts are still being traded. So, I mean, it is still a possibility. Um, he wants to, the team that's going all in is, is looking to go for the ship. He said he's done an amazing job accumulating the first part of the season and he wouldn't budge on Chase but then settled for this. So he is getting Garrett Wilson, a 223 first, a 24 first, a 24 second, and a 24 third for Jamar Chase. So we're looking at it as almost Garrett Wilson still worth a first. You know, I have him as maybe uh, right now I have him in my rankings as wide receiver 16. Um, then you have 223 firsts. Guys, I was talking to John again before we jumped on the pod, and there are four wide receivers that are potentially going to be going in this first round that just, I mean, in the first round of rookie drafts, J Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quinton Johnson, you know, like, and and Booty. I mean, there are some guys in this class that are we're going to get into that are going to be ballers. And a 24 first, which he also agreed that, the, the wide receiver class in 24 might be better than 23, and we got some studs coming out here. So this is the equivalent of one, two, three, four firsts, a second, and a third. Mung, we talked about Chase and Jefferson are those guys that are worth at least three firsts. Is this a smash except for you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, pretty much no player is worth four firsts. And Agreed. I don't know if it was outside if it was one Josh Allen. Or super I got to throw that but... in there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially if this is super flex, then it's just a massive win because 
as good as Jamar Chase is, you know, some of those top quarterbacks could almost immediately jump him in value depending on where they end up and, and how they finish their college, their final college season. So, yeah, I love it. I, I think for a rebuild, that's exactly the kind of move that you want to make. Yeah, and this is one where, I mean, we talk about step three of the rebuild process is that splash trade. And this is one where, Mike, you're, you're not sitting on the fence if you deal Jamar Chase for a package like this. Like, you are literally going all in for that rebuild. And I think Garrett Wilson is a, you know, Zach Wilson has really taken the value of Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson down. But I think better, you know, we've seen what kind of prospect, what kind of ceiling he could potentially have. And this is a pretty big package. Yeah, I think I would. You had me at Garrett Wilson and two firsts. Um, I am. I'm pretty high on Garrett Wilson. I really like him. He was up there. I had a wide receiver two of the class, um, and that that hasn't changed much because I think I see some you know chemistry going on. And Elijah Moore is dead, unfortunately. R.I.P. You know he's getting he's running eight routes a game, and he's not really seeing any targets right now. So um, I think Wilson's going to slide into that one role. If he, I think he already has, but um, yeah, there's, there's, I, you can't say no to that. There's so much extra on that trade that I wouldn't even need to trade chase. So yeah, that's a, that's a smash in, in smash three. One guy has, I have nine first one guy's got two and he has Wilson and London. And I told him I would want Wilson plus the two first and he won't budge. You know, he's like, it's Wilson or London in one first. And I just, I just can't do it yet. I love Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase is going to be that guy for the next like six to eight years. Another trade here from at T Pratt 33 said he completed this in a dynasty league on Friday night. Does not say the direction of the team. So we're going to have to kind of assume here a little bit guys. When you send in trades to smash accept and put that hashtag, make sure you guys let us know as much detail as possible. You know, there's a difference between a 10 and a 12 versus a 14 team league when we talk about our trades. There's a difference in super flex versus, you know, one quarterback. There's a difference between if you're contending. And I I think we talk about trades all the time and you look them at face value. But if you don't have all the details, we're only giving you, you know, a face value instead of digging deep. And we we do that. I mean, I've been talking the last couple weeks about sending trades. I got over 50 this week of just trades of people just sending them out outside the Patreon. Normally we just say, Hey, we're, we're going to answer everything in the Patreon. I, people were like, Hey, I got to get these answers in there. So this one says he sent Jamar chase and he received Alvin Kamara, Terry McLaurin, Wandale Robinson, who's looked pretty, pretty good these last couple of weeks and a 23 first rounder. So he doesn't say where it is. So it's a little bit vague. I'm assuming, you know, he's in that area where he must be, looking to contend McLaurin has looked fantastic with Tyler Haneke, but we know Wentz is coming back. Mike, is this enough for you to move off Jamar chase? Again, we're looking at guys that are borderline firsts throughout here, but it doesn't quite feel the same as the first, but it's, it's close. Yeah. I, I'm not going to knock somebody for taking that if they're contending and they need the points. Um, but I'm not taking that for chase. It's, it's not enough for me. I need, I need those first, um, or I need uh, – Kamara is proven. You know, I like – he obviously could coming off a big game, um, but it's not going to be enough. I love Wendell too, but I need I need something more than, than Terry, even though I do love Terry. I just think he's, he's a high second. Even Wendell, I'm going to say mid-second. Yeah. 
And I think uh, the tricky part there is we got to know where that 23 first is. And, and we're going to we're gonna start talking about some of these wide receivers versus the 23 class. And I think, you know, some of that's going to open up. But I, I don't, Mung, I don't see that big piece in there, right? Like we talk about if you're trading a guy like Jamar Chase, you know, the last package had multiple firsts and a guy that we like with high upside of Garrett Wilson. This one is a little bit more tricky. I mean, yeah, if it if it's a league where you can make a lot of moves and you're going to start Kamara right away and you can flip McLaurin in a first for, you know, for a guy like uh like Diggs, you know, and you're going to you're going to compound that and you're going to cascade that. But Mung, how does this one sit with you? Yeah, it's not quite a smash like the last deal we went through. Uh, I think you guys already kind of covered it. it. It really comes down to where that 2023 first ends up, right? Because if it's super flex again, those top three guys, Stroud, Young, and Bijan, I mean, they're going to be in a tier of their own and almost immediately, you know, I would think close to, if not in the first round of super flex startups. Um, so you're just talking massive value depending on where that first is. Again, I don't hate it, especially if it wins you a title. I'm just a little bit nervous about McLaurin and Kamara, you know, rest of season, depending on their respective quarterback situations. I mean, Kamara's had a ton of checkdowns from Andy Dalton, but if, you know, Winston rotates back in, does that continue? And then for McLaurin, you know, whether it's Heineke or Wentz or Howell at some point, uh, I just don't know that he's more than, you know, an iffy wide wide receiver week to week. But again, a lot, it's going to come down to where that first ends up. Yeah. I mean, if that's, if that's top four, I think I'm doing it, you know, to, to I, but it, that's, that's where it's gotta be. Like if it isn't in that top four, I'm not there at all. You know? So I like interesting trade. Thanks for sending that in. So let's talk about, let's talk about our tiers right now. I mean, I have Chase and Jefferson in that. And I know Mung, you said you have Waddle right up there for me. That tier two is Brown, Lamb, Waddle, and Higgins. And I feel like we talk about it a lot, Mung, where if you can get anything plus on top of any of those guys, you know, if you deal Brown for Lamb plus or you deal Lamb for Waddle plus, however it is, I feel like that's an area where everyone has a preference. You know, and A.J. Brown has looked fantastic. Waddle's been fantastic. Higgins, Lamb, I mean, that group is excelling and they're all young. And that is just, this is the core you want to build around. If you can get two of these top six you know, wide receivers to build around. This is why it becomes so important where you can just then move to the running backs when you get your rookie draft. You can fill in those running backs. And these are the core pieces of your roster that you want to be able to move around with, Monk. Yeah, and again, for me, you know, Waddle is in that top tier. And I just want to talk about him for a little bit because I guess, you know, for me, I'm not quite certain why he isn't viewed in that elite tier a little bit more. I mean, we know that Tyreek Hill is there, but Hill is a lot older, um, you know, going to be 29 coming up next year. And while he's been amazing, I feel like speedsters like Hill can drop off a lot quicker um, than counterparts like a DeAndre Hopkins type. And, you know, compare Waddle's competition there uh, versus Jamar Chase, who has T. Higgins, who's a great wide receiver mm-hmm. in his own right, who's only 23 years old and still also on the rookie deal. And I I just see Waddle as a sure elite asset, especially with Mike McDaniel there uh, calling the plays and scheming them into space for the foreseeable future. So I I really think that, you know, a buy high would be Waddle because I do view him in that elite tier. And behind him, you know, again, in-season dynasty rankings geared more toward the the contending win-now teams. I do think it's Cup, 
digs and hill for me because right now, um, as great as mm-hmm. AJ Brown is, as great as CD Lamb are, you know those guys are great. Right now, for the rest of 2022, the guaranteed top 10 every single week wide receivers are Cup, Diggs, and Hill with blow up week winning potential. Same as you know the three touchdowns we just saw from AJ Brown. So I think you know those guys are going to drop off because of age. Uh, very quickly in the offseason. But for now, for win-now teams, I would not be afraid to tear down to those guys. That's why I love this guy. Among my next three in the next tier is Cup, Diggs, and Tyreek. Mike, <laughs> Mike and I were talking on the phone for a good half hour today. You know, just couldn't couldn't get off talking about these wide receivers. And, Mike, the one thing that you and I talked about was – it's not, you know, people are like, hey, I want this wide receiver, that wide receiver. What should I trade here and there? And it's it's very team dependent. I mean, Brown, Lamb, Waddle, Higgins, phenomenal, young, but nothing beats the week-to-week consistency of Cup, Diggs, and Tyreek. And I wanted to say Devontae Adams, but you just can't because it's so inconsistent there with the Raiders and, and with Derek Carr. But these three guys are winning you leagues, and it, it kind of – becomes difficult of like, if I have Brown or Lamb or Waddle or Higgins and I want to move into these guys, what can you add? And talk to me a little bit about roster construction because we were talking about that and it's just not every, it's not all the same. You know, it's not apples to oranges. It's not apples to apples. It can be very different depending on your roster. Yeah, yeah you, you want to have these consistent guys on your roster. You want to have the, the Cups and the Hills, the, the guys that are going to get that same boom week um, consistently throughout the, throughout the year. Um, and you want to build around that. So, you know, it's really hard to answer questions based on trades without knowing your entire roster, because you can build around these guys, you can have some boom bust options and you need some safe floors and you need some high ceiling guys as well. Um, I, um, I will touch on Waddle. Waddle has consistently risen up the ranks and me Mm -hmm. and the guys in the Patreon are always, chatting up about Waddle and and I know Josh if he was on today he would tell everyone to trade Higgins for Waddle plus and he has sure. no idea that nobody's gonna do that and <laughs> nobody's nobody's trading Waddle for or Waddle plus for Higgins I don't think that's gonna happen today um and maybe not even happen in the offseason because I know they, they were going head to head in, in startups um back to back I know I saw Waddle even go before Higgins late in the summer too um, so it was already happening, but yeah, um, roster construction is, is everything. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're going rebuild, if you're going, you know, um, young, you, you know, you can, you can go around and build with cup and Hill, or you can build with Waddle and, and Higgins and those are, you know, you want to go for that long game or you want to just go for that win this year. Um, it is very different, and, and that's important to kind of look at and see um, average average age and your window um, for success. Yeah, and the value is there right now for you know the those top four guys. And Waddle's a great example of like you always got to be adjusting your ranks, you know. And you guys know that I had C.D. Lamb and A.J. Brown at that three four, and then I moved Lamb down and I moved Waddle up above him because I think you know you're in that area. But if you are a contending team, I mean, you got to look. Tyreek Hill has 961 yards already I mean like through eight games that's ridiculous and then you got Stefan Diggs you know he's looking at he's right now 55 receptions 764 seven touchdowns I mean like 
And then you got Jefferson, Waddle, Cup, A.J. Brown, Chase. You can't go wrong with anybody in that area. Lamb might be someone I think with Dak coming back is going to increase a little bit. But he might be that guy where if I am on a smash all-in type contender and I have Lamb, I might try to move off and get Cups or Dig, Cup, Diggs, or Tyreek and then get a little bit of maybe a plus added in there because we're always talking about insulating yourself and getting yourself into those situations. After that's where it becomes interesting, right? Like we all want those top nine guys. And crazy enough, they are eight of the top nine. The only guy that, you know, they're eight of the top nine dynasty or current wide receivers. T. Higgins is at wide receiver 17 when it comes to yards right now. So those are the guys that are balling out. Then after that, it becomes interesting, Monk, because like my next tier it is I got Pittman 10, Metcalf 11, Debo 12, Amon Ra and Adams in that 12, 13, London in there. I mean, it is, it's, it's a little muddled, right? Like this is where you can really pick up some value in that next tier. Everyone's kind of on that same boat of those top nine, right? There's no one else that we can say, ah, you know what? This guy almost belongs in here. This guy's close. This is it. It's those top nine, but it's that 10 through 17 where you can really make some headway if you can pick things out. I mean, there's there's Pittman, there's Amon Ra, there's Debo, there's Metcalf, Adams, there's the rookies of London, Wilson, and Olave, and then there's Devonta. And then these guys are all in that area, and it's it's interesting. It's muddled, but what do you do in that area, Mung? I mean, there, there's so many questions. People are saying, what do I do in this specific region? Yeah, and I think in general what we've said on past shows is if you can get a second-round pick on top of one of those wide receivers – for another i mean if you're considering them all in the same tier then you should do so pick up that added draft capital but i will say you know obviously i agree with the names you mentioned there's a long list in that tier um but i I noticed that you did not say jameson williams or marquise brown who i consider as part of that large tier Um, marquise brown in particular i think a lot of people wrote off his hot start to the season after we're seeing what DeAndre Hopkins is doing uh, in that target vacuum. But I do think that Brown is still going to be heavily targeted uh, when he returns healthy. And he's still just 25 years old, even though it seems like he's older with the many years that he spent in Baltimore prior to the trade last offseason. So for me, I think Brown is an undervalued buy right now, who I view in that tier. And another injured guy right now, Jameson Williams, who – we haven't seen play a single snap in the NFL, um, but you know we've seen his college resume. Uh, we know that his athleticism is off the charts. And more importantly, we're seeing that with Detroit having traded TJ Hawkinson in Minnesota, they're already penciled in right now for the 101 draft pick. And they're almost certainly going to get one of Young or Stroud. And then both he and Amon Ross St. Brown are going to be you know, heavily targeted in fantasy, I would think. But for right now, because we haven't seen Jameson Williams step onto the field yet, his price, I feel like, is a bit discounted. It's it's very discounted right now. And I think with the other rookies out there performing, like I took Jameson Williams over Chris Olave, and Chris Olave's looked fantastic. And at this point, you could get Jameson Williams plus plus. And I think it comes down to roster construction. You just named two guys that... And Mike, you and I do this every week, and I know we talked about it. Like, I look at every team, and I'm like, which one of these top teams have Jamison Williams? Which one of these top teams just lost Hollywood Brown? Which one of these top teams has Jamar Chase, and they want to stay in the in the hunt? And I think 
you know, those are the guys where if you're in the bottom and you can buy a Hollywood Brown, you're going to get a discount. If you can buy a Jamison Williams, you're going to get a discount, you know, and you're going to get it into that area where you can make some headway and get some insulated trades. And I, I want you to elaborate a little bit on it because you and I have a similar philosophy of like grinding, like really getting in there and looking at rosters. And it's like having played in, a, in several leagues with you, like I, I see your style very similar to mine is like we're looking at people's rosters and be like, how can I make his team better, but really improve mine? You know, how can I be a salesman to that particular owner? Yeah, we, we did touch on this earlier about, you know, being um, a good trade partner by looking at people's teams, seeing where their strengths are, where their weaknesses are, you know, if this guy's got a, a quarterback on by, or if they just lost one of their top receivers, um, they're going to be in the market for a quarterback or a receiver. So you have to look at, you know, what they need, you know, and, and then offering that fair trade and opening that up um, for just a, a fair trade right off the bat is going to kind of, you know, create a good relationship. And that's, that's really important you know, to, to start that off on the, on the right foot. And then um, you can kind of go from there and open up conversation. And, and, and that's kind of how I built all my, my trades up is, you know, send that over and say, how does that look? Let me know what you think. And then kind of go from there. And um, usually a counter war happens and, you know, we have fun with it. And yeah. Trading and is- trade etiquette's everything, man. I mean, we were, we're, we're going to be having a podcast on that eventually here, but it's like, just not throwing junk somebody's way and be like, oh, you should take this, but saying, hey, this is what I need. What do you need? Let's work something out. I'm literally texting a guy right now trying to trade for Travis Etienne. You know, like he, he messaged me. He's like, hey, I need Der- DK Metcalf of your team. You know, we're starting to negotiate. And it, it, it just makes it so much better in your league where you can, when you don't pigeonhole it, when you don't cut yourself out, where you're just like, let's talk about this. What do you want? What do you need? You know, and I think both of those guys are great. Um, guys to buy low on. I want to play, Mung, you haven't been on for a while, so I want to play a little keep trade cut, you know, which is smash dash and trash with the wide receivers in those rookie class. Because these are the guys right now that I think everyone's struggling valuing, right? Everyone is like, what do I, how high up do I move Chris Olave with how good he's looked? How low do I move Garrett Wilson with the way the Jets look? Where do I move Drake London based off of the you know, the inefficiency of ups and downs with the Atlanta offense. So I'm going to start with you, Mung. You got a smash, stash, and trash Drake London, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave. Uh, I would stash London. Um, he was my wide receiver one heading into the season, and that has not changed uh, as good as some of the other guys have looked. Um, who are the other two? I, all I heard was London. <laughs> Garrett Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. You, he's got that like yo. It was Trey Lance before. Now he's like, I heard Drake London. I'm in there. Yeah, you know, that's like when much. someone says Jalen Hurts. I just like I lose the rest of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, the blinders on for uh, Drake London, but uh, I, I would smash Chris Olave because I think he's looked excellent, um, and we're seeing that you know Michael Thomas probably isn't long for the league given his issues staying healthy and his general age at this point so i think olave is going to be the clear wide receiver one in new orleans going forward and i would trash um garrett wilson because as good as he's looked in flashes uh it, that's how bad zach wilson has looked at times and I'm, I'm really concerned about that situation going forward not so much in that 
Wilson's bad because we've seen that even bad quarterback play can sustain wide receiver fantasy production uh, just on pure volume. But my fear is that um, with Sally coming from with Sally and uh, the offensive coordinator both coming from San Francisco, they could really just try and, and become a very run heavy team with how good their defenses looked prior to some injuries. So. Uh, I would trash Wilson because of the quarterback and volume concerns going forward. I agree completely. I like all three of them. The The biggest guy that I want to key in on, you know, is, is Chris Olave. I mean, from the Smash Patreon, from all the questions that I'm answering on Twitter, people have him higher than, I mean, I'm seeing some people believing that you could get Drake London plus. There's guys that have him all the way up inside their top 10 wide receivers. And he's, he's been fantastic. I mean, right now he has 60, you know, on 37 receptions on 63 targets. So it's not really, you know, it hasn't been a ton of great targets, but he's getting the most out of it. 547 yards, two touchdowns. He's looked great. He's looked the part of a wide receiver one. But in this class, which we said was a down class, he was going 107-108, you know, and we're talking about the 23 class coming up that looks fantastic. I'm seeing people get a 23 first plus, you know, and I think we need to we need to temper expectations a little bit. We need to pump the brakes. Mike, what is the trend that you've seen on Alave that, like, is it a recency bias? I mean, he's had a couple nice weeks here where we've jumped him up, but people are willing to put him in their top 10 above guys like Drake London, above guys like... Michael Pittman above DK Metcalf, like really up there, almost at elite status already. Yeah, we had this conversation in the Patreon um, with a couple of guys, and Olave, to me, I have him ranked at 16, I believe, wide receiver 16 right now. And and I was talking to guys about having him in top 10 right now. And um, if you can go trade Olave for London Plus, go do that right now. Please go and get that done. I think he's great. I think he's going to be a great wide receiver for many years to come. Um, I just don't think he's on the talent level of London or Garrett Wilson for that matter. I think he's in a great situation. Um, But, you know, talent always shines through. And I think London and Wilson will probably have a better career um, than Olave. But I think that recency bias is, hey, I see what they're doing. And I see what Olave is doing right now. And He's clearly the wide receiver one of the class. Um, so people get tricked into, into thinking that way. And, um, you know, I, hey, maybe I'm completely wrong, but I think if you can go get Wilson and, and London plus for a lobby right now, I think that's, that's something I'm completely on board with. Mung, we talk about how Dynasty is such a cyclical thing, right? Like, there is a blueprint. We, we are here to shed light on that stuff, not just to blindly be like, I love this guy because because that's what my heart says and year in and year out you know there are rookies that we draft and we love them and then they perform and then we we elevate them even higher and you know like john was saying and and many of our guests were saying that if if london and wilson and alave were in this class of 2023 that they might be going 108 to 112 range you know and we're talking about now from talking with John, I mean, I have Smith and Jigba way up there at maybe like 105. He moved Addison to his 105. Quentin Johnson in that same 105 to 109 range. Something I'm doing in every single league is I am looking at those fake three and four, four and three teams that are, you know, eighth, ninth, tenth in 
in points per game. And I'm trying to target those guys because from what I've seen and from what I, I've you know gathered that Addison, Smith and Jigba, Quinton Johnson, and, and even um, Keishon Boutte, these guys are legit. And if I can get right now, like I have Chris Olave, I might try to get a one of those 23 firsts plus a Tyler Boyd, plus an Adam Thielen, where you're still getting production, and then you add next year's, and and we've talked about this so many times, where I've dealt DeAndre Hopkins before he dropped off in value for DK Metcalf in a first. Recently, you know, I traded, and this doesn't sound quite as sexy, but Tyreek Hill for McLaurin in a first, that first is the 102, so I'm okay with it. You know, it's like you take those trades, and you win some, you lose some, but if you take a Chris Olave who went 108 in this draft and you get a mid first next year and an Adam Thielen and a Tyler Boyd and a guy that's going to go out there and produce another guy that I'm seeing, like maybe even, you know, you do a lave and a second for Mike Evans in a first because Mike Evans is that guy that just producing top 10 numbers. Again, I know it's all team dependent, but these are some of the moves that I'm starting to think about all the time here, Monk. Yeah, because I mean, really outside of that top tier, uh, wide receivers because of the nature of the position and how the NFL has become so pass heavy, but without, you know, necessarily target monsters on most teams, uh, the wide receivers are just going to be boom bust by nature week to week. And I I think because of that, what you said, uh, it's, I wouldn't say easy because it really depends on the league, but I think it's uh, a smart strategy if you can pull it off in your league to be able to sell high on some of the massive games from the mm-hmm. wide receivers uh, for wide receivers who we know have the talent and, and can produce, but just haven't for the last couple of weeks for whatever reason, whether it's due to cornerback matchups, where, whether it's due to quarterback play. Um, so, you know, selling like an A.J. Brown for Devontae Smith plus, right, because they're really close and, and you know, one of them is going to go off each week or both are going to have good games, but it's going to be tough to predict who each week. Um, but if you can get significant draft capital on top of one of those guys and not necessarily, you know, two players on the same team, right? Just guys who we talked about, who we consider to be in that same tier. Um, if you can get something plus after a big week, like a CD lamb or a T Higgins plus, for A.J. Brown after A.J. Brown just went off and Higgins mm-hmm. had a really bad game against the Browns in primetime, who everybody watched, right? Um, that might be an opportunity right now. So it's just kind of staying flexible and, again, just grabbing value where you can. Uh, Mike, I mean, it's Smith and Jigba, you know, most people have him as their wide receiver one in next year's class. And for right now, everybody says, you know, 105 is, is where he's projecting. We all know there's going to be a running back like Tucker that lands in the right spot that's going to move him back. And I think Addison in there. And I think like six through nine, you're going to get some stud wide receivers who I think, and this is the craziest thing, when you look at dynasty rankings right now, and this is what I've been saying with running backs, is I was trading the David Montgomery in the offseason for a 23 first plus Herbert, plus, you know, anybody I can get thrown in there, plus a Gus Edwards, or trading, you know, taking Jonathan Taylor and getting ETN in a 23 first in the offseason. So many trades where you're just adding that 23 first. And after the top nine wide receivers, that's where I'm at again. I mean, like, I would trade Pittman for a 23 first that's in that mid-range if I could get something added. Amon Ross, St. Brown, or Amon, you know, Debo, Metcalf, any of these guys, 
I would trade that. I would make that move where I'm like, I'm getting a 23 first, which could, if it's Smith and Jigba, I mean, you know, when, when Chase came in, I was saying he was my wide receiver four in Dynasty before he even played a game. Smith and Jigba is going to be a guy because of the Dynasty landscape. You have to look at Cup's going to be 29. Diggs is going to, or Cup's going to be 30. Diggs is going to be 29. Tyreek's going to be 29. And there are wide receivers seven through nine. There is a real possibility that we get a wide receiver who's instantly top 10, and I think it's going to happen. Yeah, I actually, I'm with John, though. I have Addison above JSN right now, and maybe that's my own recency bias going on right now. But I, It's I tough with Smith and Jigba not playing, you know, like, and I, I get it, you know, like, and that's, but I mean, there are some elite wide receivers coming out. Yeah, Addison's taking a huge jump, and his route running has been fantastic. He's definitely made a big improvement there, and he's got crazy separation, um, you know, NFL size separation already um and he's he's an alpha slot where he's just running down everywhere all over the field so i think he's going to really translate to the nfl um quite easily but you're right though jsn hasn't played and i don't i don't know if that's just me not seeing him for a while i think once he takes a step i mean he went on the field and then he went off the field so Mm -hmm. um that's kind of it kind of hurt his value in my eye a little bit but um yeah, I think there's a good chance that two of these guys, um, I think both of those guys, that as long as JSN stays healthy, that they can easily be top 10 um, next year, given the fact that you just said Cup, Hill, Adams. Adams I have at 10 right now. I think he's way out of the top 10 um, next year. I think Hill and Cup are going to teeter probably 9, 10. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, they're going to age out of those spots pretty quickly. Um, and I so. know, you know, even in the, in the Patreon, it's kind of a joke that, you know, dad just keeps talking about 23 firsts. It's even in our anchor ad in the beginning, you know, when you listen to things, but like, guys, I'm telling you this because I want you to win. I want you to see how you can do this, you know? And like, I'm not saying strip down your contenders, but I'm saying if you're middle of the pack and you can trade Debo Samuel for a 23 first, you know, and even if you got to add something and get Ayuk or Judy or, you know, you move back off of that, even a Marquise Brown, if you want a guy that's contending. I mean, guys, this 23 class is fantastic. There are going to be so many guys there where, like, we're, we were talking at the 101, I have Bijan above every running back there is. Somebody today was trying to buy the 102 from me, and I'm like, you know, aside from the debate of Saquon, I don't think anybody's, you know, JT's falling back a little bit, whereas, like, I might want that 102. So, I mean, these are some picks that I think could become mid-second or even first-round startup next year with when the hype starts building around some of these guys. Uh, let's talk about that next area there, because I think we need to talk a little bit about, you know, we, we've, we're going to go with you, Mike, on this one on a, you know, keep, trade, cut, a smash, stash, cash. Interesting one, Devonta Smith, DK Metcalf, and Chris Godwin. Um, I'm going to trash Godwin because I, although I love him when he's on the field, he just finds injuries. He just, he's, I mean, he's going to, he could easily pull a Keenan Allen and, and, you know, later in his career run off, you know, five or six healthy seasons. But, um, as of right now, he just, you know, he's on the field, he's off the field. He's, um, He's broken my heart too many times where I just got to get get him off of my teams. Um, but DK and Devont, I would probably 
smash DK and um, stash Devontae. All right, that's an interesting one. So why why are we keeping you know why are we stashing Devonta over DK Metcalf? And that's an interesting one, big. But I see the value in it for sure. Yeah, I think Devonta's value is going to increase um, at a, a more steep trajectory than I think DK. I think DK is going to stay level, and I think Devonta is going to go up. Um, so I think they're going to actually meet each other's value at one point. Um, so I think you will be able to get more for Devante maybe by the end of the season than you can for DK right now. Ooh, uh, so he's saying go buy Devante the plus there. Yeah, yeah, no, the I'm, I'm for you, man. Yeah. I, I, I recently right now they're pretty, sorry. I think right now they're pretty close in, in trade value as is. Um, I think. Yeah. I mean, DTC has, DTC has Devante at, at 17 and DK at 18. I've been buying DK Metcalf, Mung. I mean, I, I bought him recently oh, yeah. for Bateman in two seconds, which I think is an absolute smash because of how poor poorly Bateman's performed and, and stayed on the field. DK Metcalf is just one of those ones where I think he has moved from, he was right up there with AJ Brown, you know, in the offseason or in that same area. And they're, they're both on different trajectories, but I think, DK Metcalf's demise has been overblown. I mean, he's still in that I wide receiver two range, and I think he's a decent buy right now. I am buying him, even though I'm saying that they're going to be close in value as far as, you know, what you can get for each one right now. Um, we had that conversation on the Patreon, and, you know, they were saying Olave over DK, and I was saying absolutely not. And I sent out Olave for DK in all my leagues, and I got bites on two of them. So I traded a lobby for DK straight up in two leagues. Um, and I'll do that in a heartbeat because I, like I said, I love Olave, but I think DK is an alpha and I don't think Olave is going to have that longevity. I mean, he might. I know I'm with you there. I mean, I went in there and I supported that Mung, any breakdown on that of, of DK Metcalf or what, it, or Godwin takes. Cause I know you and I both love Godwin as well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Godwin's slightly lower to me. Um, I have Olave and Metcalf pretty close. Godwin mostly because uh, we just don't know about the quarterback situation. I think that's the biggest concern for me. I'm not too worried about his health necessarily going forward. Um, but just just in general, he's a little bit older as well. Um, so that's just the kind of the tier break for me where he's a, a little bit below those two guys. If there's one guy that you're 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 going out there and you're trying to buy high on, I mean, I know you said Waddle, and I know you know you've said Devonta. Who is that other guy? Like, who are some other guys right now where we're buying high on? You know, where we're paying, we're willing to pay that top dollar because we know that they're only going to continue to increase in value. I mean, I am really trying to just trade, trade back and move myself into that situation. But I mean, Mung, who's a guy that you see out there is still? The community hasn't caught up. There's still a good value. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mentioned that, you know, Marquise Brown and Jameson Williams to me are in that uh, upper tier, which it doesn't seem like they are for a lot of people. Um, maybe George Pickens because post Claypool trade, I, I don't know. It might be already a bit late for that, but um, I do think that target share is going to get divvied up a little bit wider where Pickens is going to have his opportunities to shine, uh, even though, I'm probably not as sold on uh, Pickett as, as much as some others. Um, yeah, that's probably the buy high I can think of right now because I think Pickens' value has risen 
but he's still not quite, you know, with some of the other names that we've talked about earlier tonight. And there's some guys in the Patreon that are, you know, there's some, there's a lot of Gabe Davis talk. You know, there's, there's Brandon Ayuk is tough. People are trying to be like, what do I do with Brandon Ayuk? Juju's a guy who's coming off multiple good games where people are like, where do we go with that? Wandale Robinson. I've seen a lot of people. Amari Cooper boomed this week. I mean, who's a guy that we're also buying high on, Mike, and, and trying to separate some of this value? Because the wide receiver position from 9 to, you know, to maybe 18 is, is rock solid. From 18 to, like, 30, it's a muddled, you know, muddy kind of water where we're trying to figure out how to – who's that guy that jumps out of there that we got to buy? Um, Amon Ra's value has definitely taken a dip in my mind, um, given the injuries and, you know, I think people are just, it's the recency bias that is going on, especially with the start that he had, but, um, the departure of, of Hawkinson and me not thinking that they're going to run out Jameson anytime soon. I really don't think they're coming up. We might not see him until the fantasy season's almost over at this point. Um, because yeah, there's no are, need to rush. They said at least a month away. Yeah, they're 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 going for that that top pick right now. So um, leaving him out is actually pretty beneficial for them. But uh, I think Aman is definitely going to come on. His target share was way up um, this last game. And, and like I said, Hawkinson out of town, I think that only helps him. Um, and, and like I said, he's, he's – value has dipped so he's a he's a good buy for me right now i think he was going for first plus and right now you might be able to get him for a late first i mean i, I don't know how much how much his market's cooled but um it's you and i made a trade where I th- it was a first and a second for amon ross st brown and i think you know as a as a rebuilding team that's a that's a deal that i was willing to make but i think that's about about the value right now you know and i think you might be able to it might not be mid first now. It's probably more like that later first, but I think you should still get a second on there, you know, and try to try to move in that direction. Some of the guys that, you know, I'm going out there and I mean, DeAndre Hopkins has looked phenomenal. I know you mentioned Mung that, you know, obviously Hollywood's going to be coming back next year, but I mean, DeAndre Hopkins just looks like he's possessed right now. He's like, Kyler Murray's starting to trend in the right direction. I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be uh, one of those guys that's a league winner for you if you go out there and buy. I'm not willing to pay a 23 first. I'm willing to pay a 24 first if I'm a contender. I'm willing to swap it for, you know, one of these wide receivers who who's injured. But DeAndre Hopkins is someone that I'm going out there and trying to buy everywhere. Yeah, and, and two more names I would add on to the list who I think you can get for pretty cheap right now. Um, one would be Jacoby Myers. It, it yes. seems like it doesn't matter if it's Zappy or Mac Jones under center. They just love Jacoby Myers. And, you know, he's not some super athlete. He's not he's not built like an alpha, but he's, you know, in that Julian Edelman type of role where they just keep mm-hmm. funneling these targets to him. And it doesn't matter. And production is production. I think in points per game, he's a top 15 wide receiver in PPR on the year. And you can get him for a 20, 2023 20, second, mid late, maybe even a 2024 20, second, depending on yeah. the league. Um, so he's super cheap. And then, oh man, I feel like this is the perfect embodiment of that gift where it's like, just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. And, you know, we're seeing a, a little bit of signs of life 
from Allen Robinson, and I don't fully trust it, but it, it seems like maybe Stafford and Robinson are finally developing some little semblance of chemistry, and maybe that continues to rise. And you might be able to get Allen Robinson for a third, or you know, right now in in, in some leagues. And at that price, I would still roll the dice. Yeah, at third, I probably a pair of thir- thirds, but I mean, it's yeah, it's definitely worth rolling the dice there. And I think people need to realize, like, we don't have you lost Jamar Chase. You don't have to trade for another stud. You know, there's so many guys out there. Tyler Lockett can get you production for a second. Michael Gallup has looked solid at times. You know, Christian Kirk has put up some decent games. You know, there's so many guys. Keenan Allen, I'm seeing going for early seconds now. And I think with Mike Williams out, Keenan Allen's going to have some nice games down the stretch. Um, Any other veterans in there, Mike, that you can add in? I mean, Michael Thomas is just like, come back at some point, maybe. But Chase Claypool is someone that I think we need to talk about. Is like, I'm seeing people ask, should I be paying a 23 second? I have seen, since the news one guy messaged me. He got a 23 second for Naheem Hines. Someone just messaged me. They got a 25 first for Jeff Wilson. You know, like people are just jumping from trades. But is is Claypool worth a 23 two to you? Um. Yeah, I would probably throw a mid 23 second for for Claypool. Um, I think he he can actually separate a bit. And I, they lack somebody that can separate. So I think he'll he'll have a decent role on that team. Um, you know, I think Fields is trending up right now. And he can carve out a good, I think, wide receiver two-ish production. I think, you know, probably late back-end wide receiver two. Um, he might be a little boomer bust at the beginning there, but well, that Fields ascension, I think we need to talk about a little bit because you know I put a tweet out earlier in the week and someone ripped at ripped at me saying Justin Fields is the next Jalen Hurts, and I think you know he has had back to back fantastic weeks, and a lot of people are moving him way up in their dynasty ranks. You know, there, it was five weeks ago where no one wanted him, right? Like Justin Fields was that name where you were not moving Justin Fields now. People are starting to go in there and buy. Mung, is it is it premature to buy? I mean, you're in Chicago. Is it premature to buy Justin Fields? Or are we getting in there, you know, before we have a eight to ten week stretch here where right now he is the QB thirteen right behind Lance? You know, it, it, should we be buying in on Justin Fields again? I think the better question is why were people so quick to be out? Um, yeah. You know, the reasons that we were high on Lance and Fields are because of their rushing upside. And that never changed, uh, despite, you know, any performance issues as passers. Um, you know, Lance and Fields have not moved very far down for me uh, in the early weeks of the season. And I, I think people were overreacting early on. And now, you know, that's coming back full circle. And I, I don't think their value has changed a whole lot for me over, over the last few weeks. You seeing anything similar there, Mike? I mean, I know we're getting towards the end here, but I, I, I figured since we were talking about the Bears, somebody's got to hit on Fields. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like Fields. I think he holds on to the ball a little too long sometimes, and he doesn't go through his reads. But you know, I think he he is developing, and he's getting a little more comfortable. And what I've always said is the Bears need to, much like Jalen Hurts, build their system around his strengths. And I mm-hmm. think. 
they are trying to do that. They're letting them kind of run free a little bit and make those decisions on his own, um, as opposed to kind of forcing him to play a game that he's not comfortable with. So, uh, I, you know, I even in the Patreon, an hour before with the show, we were seeing um, one of the guys trade two first for Fields, which is not something I suggest, but. Yeah, where it's at right now. I mean, is that is quarterbacks also the same way though? It's like if he's the QB thirteen, and after that it's Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins. I mean, scale down, you know, like get that twenty three first. And I mean, if you tell me that I have, I mean, go get Geno in a mid twenty three first, you know, and you're gonna get that production. I like the idea of Fields, but I could not pay two twenty three first. Because this, no. this class is going to be something else, man. Like, if we take nothing else from the pods from the last, like, 10 weeks, this class is going to be fantastic. Temper it. You know, don't get don't get too excited. Guys, we're at that one-hour mark. So, I mean, I got to thank both of you. Um, tell me one thing you're excited to see this week or anything that you guys are working on. We'll go with you, Mike, and then kick it over to Monk. Um, I'm excited to see Neon Dion over in Indianapolis. Um I want to see his role. I want to see what he looks like as the RB2 um, behind JT, who's banged up right now. So I think, you know, Neon holds a lot of value, and he's someone that I've been I've been buying up everywhere or, you know, scooping off the waiver um, at the beginning of the year. And uh, I think with Hines out of town, he's definitely going to have a nice role on that team. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, his one start, I mean, was eight receptions. You know, he went out there, he put up 30 fantasy points. So, I mean, he's someone definitely worth – everyone's going out and they're chasing the guys that have gone to a new team, right? I mean, if somebody offered me Hines, if if, if they wanted to sell me Deion Jackson, I would take Deion Jackson even. You know, like I would move in that direction because I don't think Hines, even in Buffalo, is going to be that guy. Great, great call there. Mung, what's what's something you're excited for or anything you're working on over there at Fantrax? Yeah, I'll have uh, I'll have updated dynasty rankings for everybody soon. If not later this week, then certainly next week. Um, and then you know one other last wide receiver comment. Uh, you know, I think Darnell Mooney's actually a buy low as a result of the Chase Claypool trade mm-hmm. because um, I was pretty low on him uh, versus consensus all off season because I did not expect him to be you know that number one guy who could uh, truly take on that role. And I think that having someone like Claypool opposite him is actually going to free him up for some of those deep shots because that's where he does his best work is, you know, he's going to have some quiet games and he's going to have some big games and this could actually uh, help him get some of the bigger games. And then I know, I know, uh, you know, don't go out and pay a lot for him, but Terrace Marshall surprisingly been getting a lot of usage after the quarterback change with McCaffrey gone and the new coaching staff, and uh, you probably don't need to pay more than a fourth, a third for Terrace Marshall. And, you know, based on his original draft capital and his profile coming out of college, I mean, people are super high on Marshall, myself included. And there's still, you know, faint glimmers of life there. But, uh, you know, again, don't pay more than a third, but uh, just someone to keep your eye on in deeper dynasty leagues for sure. But, yeah, I'll have my rankings updates uh, out pretty soon with all the post-trade uh, movements and, you guys can find me on Twitter uh, at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Yeah, and I mean, when we're looking at the production of, you know, both of you guys have said when someone gets traded, we all look at the guy that gets traded. Now, you know, in, in San Francisco, 
Who's that next guy up behind Christian McCaffrey? You know, we got to look at at, at at what might happen there and, and buy into that backfield and, you know, look for that next big thing. Thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process. Thanks, guys. I was going to say Elijah Mitchell. When's he coming back?